Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast episode 114. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver for God's Internet Church Online Services. We got our churches online and uh, we do it on Sunday nights and and the Friday night Bible study. And also we have this podcast that we do every Tuesday that we record record, excuse me. I'd like to apologize for uh, a mistake on the sh- recording last week that I, I we actually just found today. I said we were on chapter 36 last week, and if there was a lot of problems which you guys found along in your Bible, I apologize, apologize for that. We were on chapter 37. My notes got messed up somehow. I don't know, but we are on chapter 38 for sure today. Now, as we deal with that mistake, we talked about Elu introducing God to his friends, and he was introducing God, like, using a metaphor of the storm that was coming in, all right? And then he went on to say that God is God's wonderful work, that he's in charge of the skies, the clouds, the lightning flashes, and the sky. Then he taught us that God is coming. And because of that, we need to watch what we say. And we... But we can't say nothing because of our evil behavior. But God does give us a door by helping us talk. Okay? So, that's just a little bit of a rundown. It's not word from word, but that's what the, it covered. Um, we're going to go back to, cha- we're going to chapter 38. And as you watch, now last week I had a... <clears throat> had some extra stuff in uh that's going to be done maybe every other week but they were on chapter 38 and we're trying to get this podcast this broadcast this bible study done because god's given me other ideals to go into but this is an important study we're not going to rush through it but today i feel we need to spend all of our time of the hour here on chapter 38 with other things. So our format will change from time to time. Um, so what we're going to go with, we're going to look at verse, verses 1 and 2 of Job chapter 38. But before we do that, I want to introduce. God begins his speech. Okay. About God's speech. In Job's speeches, Job said that he wanted to meet God. Job wanted God to act as his judge. Job was sure that God would help him. God would declare that Job was innocent. So Job would feel like a prince when he met God. That's and 
That's coming from Job 31:37 for that first thought. And the reason he wanted God to judge what was going on because his friends that came to visit him were what do I want to say knocking him down as a sinner. You must have had did a great sin and everything to for God to take everything away from you or allow everything away from you. And you know, that's a sad thing there because that actually happens today in real life. People see you struggling or stuff. They immediately, they immediately go that, hey, you must be getting punished. But as you follow this podcast with me, um, you're going to find out that just because People are being punished, not being punished, but things being taken away from them don't necessarily mean they're being punished. Sometimes it's get us back on track with God, with the punishment. Sometimes that we are so far away from God that he has to surprise us. And sometimes, just like we read in Job chapter 1, which was going on with Job, which his friends wasn't being fair, that we... Are so close to God that the devil wants to bring them down. So, once we find out in Job chapter 1 that God, that, excuse me, that the devil has to get permission from God to, to do anything. Okay? But, some, but God wanted to show on us how close we are to him. And the devil put a challenge out there. I said, well, if you take this, 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 and this away... He'll curse you and die. Well, at this point, yeah, he's kind of ups- not upset with God, but he's kind of cranky. He's kind of, you know, not happy. Then he's got his friends on top of it all. He lost all of his possessions, his kids. But at this point, he still hasn't denied God and went away from him, even though like his wife, his wife has, but he hasn't, Okay. However, Job thought that God causes. However, Job thought that God caused Job's trouble. Okay, in other words, he thought God caused it, and we know it's not. It was the devil. Job even spoke as if God was a cruel enemy. So now he hasn't gave up on God, but he's shown that he spoke that God was being cruel to him, and that came from. Um, Job 16, verses 19 from 14. Job argued that he himself was right, and he argued that God was unfair. So, I mean, he hasn't gave up on God, but that's Job 32, too. But he feels the things that God is coming against him, okay? But as we would go, we'll find out that he still saw God and still, you know, served him. He didn't give up on him. God's speech. God did not explain Job's trouble. Instead, God taught Job. God gave a list of many things that Job could not explain. These things are the work of God. Nobody else could do such things. Job had spoke as as he himself was very great. And he even spoke as if he 
should be advised. God, Job 23, 13 through 17 through Job 24, 1. But when Job heard God's speech, Job realized his error. Okay. Job was not a proud man. In, in his words might sometimes seem proud, but really Job was speaking about things that he did not know. God's speech is rather like Jesus' reply in Luke 12, 13-15. A man asked Jesus to act as a judge. The man wanted his fair share of his family's wealth. But Jesus be the judge. Instead, he taught that man that money cannot provide real security. So we should trust God. God discussed many subjects in his speech. He spoke about the words, the world, the sea, and the sky. He describes the behavior of the Bible, birds and the animals. He explains why no man should ever accuse God of anything. And just give me a second here. I want to check something out. Now, that was verse 36, and that was uh, two episodes ago. I mean, last episode. No, two episodes ago. We're looking at verse 38. Now, that was just the overview of what we're going to be discussing. Okay? Let's look at verses 1 and 2 of Job. If you got your Bible with you, go to the book of Job, chapter number 38. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Now, then God himself answered Job. The storm hid hid God. God said, do not doubt the wisdom of my plans. Job, you have spoken about things that you do not know. Well, verse 3, sorry. Prepare yourself as a man. I have tested for I have a test for you and you must answer me. Okay? Now, let's look at verse 1. Then God himself answered Job, the storm hid God. God said. Okay? Now, Job has spoken about the clouds in front of God. Throne, his royal seat. Job 26 through 9. God spoke during the storms. Now, you might be saying, why is God hiding himself from Job? Well, I remember back when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. God made a reference of he had to hide himself from his human eyes because if I remember right it would kill them and that's how blessing and honoring God is okay how holy he is because if a man has sin in his heart and sees that they'll die I believe that's 
what he was said to Moses. So God kind of hid himself when he was talking to Moses. Now you might, a lot of people might be saying, well, why did he, was he with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day? Well, before they ate of the apple, they were perfect. Or ate of the fruit, I should say, because it's never really been declared if it was an apple. Now, so in a way, they were holy, not holy, but they were worthy enough to see God's presence because they hadn't sinned. See, it has to do, because men can be sinful. All right? They don't mean to be, but because of Adam and Eve sinning against God by eating of the fruit, our sins, our sinful nature got inherited down to us. So this is kind of a way for God to come visit Joe and explain what's going on. Now that's what I believe is happening. And you would have to go to the book of Genesis about the time of the Ten Commandments to to get that point of view. Um, hallelujah. God is good. And he's good all the time. Hallelujah. But because of time restraints with this study, it's hard to go back to. But we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that maybe next week. Next week podcast before we start, I'll you know, share that. But or you can go to the book of Job. Um, Moses, where it talks about the Ten Commandments in the Bible. And that's Exodus 22 through 17. I also uh, talk about I'll also talk about why God hid himself from Moses when he was talking to him on Mount Sinai. And, you know, He was in the uh, burning bush when he first mailed him and he talked to him. But study the book of uh, Genesis, I mean, Exodus, uh, first part of it, and you'll see why. But we got to get into it and uh, the rest of these verses. Now, verse 2, Elu had already explained. Let me read it. Do not doubt the wisdom of my plans. Job, you have spoken about things that you do not know. Now, I apologize here. Um, I messed up some notes here again, and that's why I'm a little... Frustered, I can't find what I wanted to say about verse 1 all the way. 
So I explained, I apologize for that. And if you're new listeners or old listeners, don't, it's not normally run this way. Um, stay with us and give me a chance. I'm, for some reason, I think the devil's attacking here today because he don't want it taught. Okay. Um, I do got somebody working on trying to find what is self. And by the end, we'll, we'll get back to it. Okay. Now, verse 2 doubt deals with this. Do not doubt wisdom of my plans. Okay? Job, you have spoken about things that you do not know. Okay? So God, is the point of his thing here, is telling him, hey, Job, don't doubt the position of my plans for your life. You're talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about. Okay? Because you don't know anything about it. Now, so what does that mean? Well, this means here, it says Elu has already explained this to Job in verses 34-35, okay? But basically, I think what God's trying to tell him here, hey, why are you doubting me? Don't doubt the wisdoms and the plans I have for you, okay? Because I... These things you don't know nothing about. In other words, why are you accusing me of hurting you? Being evil to you. Yes, you're still with me, but you're you're accusing me. And you know, us Christians do do that. We do accuse God for a lot of things that we do for our human feeling. And Sometimes God is punishing us to get us right with him, like I said before. Sometimes he's trying to get back, get us on track. And sometimes it's because he's trying to show the devil, hey, this guy is not going to go down. You can attack him, but he's not going to go down. Now, recently, me and my wife went through a trial, a storm, a long one, and it's starting to look brighter on the horizon, and the storms is over, you know, and sometimes we probably handled it like Job did, and sometimes we piped it, and we handled it like we should have, but we got to learn not to question God. We got to trust him that he has a plan. And through his plan, it brought us here to where we live now. And we, we found a great church. Um, and I believe God's got a special plan there for me. And that probably on other circumstances, um, we might not have made it here. So 
God knew what he was doing. God allowed this to happen for a reason. Okay? God has a plan and we need to trust him for it. Now, verse 3 says, Prepare yourself as man. I have a test for you and you must answer me. Okay? Now, in the original language of the book of Job, God's speech is long list of questions. Okay? We're a test for Job, but Job did not know the answers. For the answers remain reminded Job that God was much more powerful than Job. Now, in this Bible study, English Indians, we they preferred not to use the statements rather than the questions. So they kind of didn't go to it. So our translation gives us a list of things that God, that God does. Okay, or our transition explains things that Job could not do. Okay, it's kind of the same thing. They just packaged it different. It's just the style of our transition, the meaning of the same. Okay, so now we're going to get into, we're going to get into verses 4 to 6, and we're going to talk about little subheadings. And like I said, I think what they did to save time, they, instead of having, they broke the speech down into verses on certain things. They bullet pointed it. Okay, now let's look at verses 4 through 5. It says, the world is like a building that I build, but you did not see this. Verse 5, you did not see when I decided the size of the world. Verse 6, you did not see how I prepared its base. You did not watch when I filled, when I filled its rocks. Verse 7, but the angels, mm -hmm. servants of God, angels, servants of God, saw this, and the stars were there, and everyone sang for joy. Now, Verses 4 through 7, basically, God is creating the world. This was a wonderful event. Proverbs 8, 20, verses 22 to 31, this Job was talking about. This event showed God's wisdom and God's skill. Okay? Now, what does this mean? Well, he's basically telling us here so far that, hey, you wasn't here when I built this world. You wasn't healed when I put everything in place. Okay? God's servants in heaven were so happy to see God's work. Job did not even see this great event. But Job has spoken, spoken as if he was wiser than God. Job 23 Verses 13 to 17. Now, 
This is the one thing that God, through this trial that Job was going through, he sinned against God. Because he claimed in Job 23, 13-17 that because of everything that was going on to him that he felt that maybe his his wisdom he was wiser than God. You don't do that. That's a big no-no. Because no one is wiser than God. God knows how to make planets. God knows how to make people. God knows how to make plants and water to go places to places. Job can't do that. And Job's trying, he's trying to show Job here, hey, uh-uh. You can't say this because I did this. You got a mere brain and that you can't achieve this. All right. So God created the world. He said, I created the world. Where was you? He wasn't even thought of yet. And I think God is kind of doing a, I, how dare you type of speech. Say that you're wiser than me. God knows how to create the world. And that brings me back to the movie Bruce Almighty that I seen. And and I don't know if people have watched it. Now, you know, God came to visit um, Bruce and let him be God for, I think, a week or something like that. And he took all that wisdom that God has and the power that God has, but he didn't have God's wisdom just like we do. And he just he almost destroyed everything. I mean, he we went and moved the moon and they've thrown everything out of kept moved the moon and um destroyed the the planet equilibrium. Everything started having storms and earthquakes and lunar effects on the earth and then Instead of answering to each press prayer, instead of listening and listening to it, he decided to build an email thing for all the prayer requests. Groom as he was going through them, there was millions and billions and billions of them. He hit one one answer in the box, like you know, with your email, and he said yes to everything. Well, this caused chaos, chaos in the world because he was saying yes to like a brother about one thing and a sister about the, the same thing, but the points of view. And it caused arguments in the family. It caused arguments in the world. It caused confusion. All because he didn't have the wisdom of God. And he didn't have time to sit there. Now, God knew his wisdom that he had to listen to everyone. And as they come in, he said, yes. He said, no. He said, maybe. And he said, not now. Okay. So, that's kind of what he's poking out here. And it kind of shows that through that movie. Now, a lot of people 
Some Christians got offended about that movie. and But you know what? It kind of shows thing what he's talking to Job here. Say, hey, you wasn't here. I'm the one that created this world. I'm the one that created how it lives. I'm the one that created how the things get answered. I know exactly where things are. You don't. There's reasons for what has got to be done and why. Some of people's answers that people are asking them, it's got to be done. And sometimes to get things done, God uses trials to get us into position to help people or help us get to where we need to be. Okay? Sometimes. And sometimes it's just to build our faith. And sometimes, but this is the only thing that God was disappointed in with Job that he said he was wiser than him. Now, this is still the same premise as we read these these bulletheads here. Now, the second set of verses we're going to look at is verses 8 through 11. Okay? Verse 8, it says, The sea is like the child who I created. You did not see when I made the sea. But this event was like the birth of a child. I decided the clouds would cover the sea like clothing. I decided that the darkness would hide the deepest part of the sea. Verse 10, I caused it to have boundaries. I ruled about its limits. I said that the sea is like a a proud child. So I will decide whether the sea may go. It can't go here. But but it must go further. Okay? Now what he's trying to tell here that God controls the sea. Okay? Now he made, he made this world. He's trying to tell us that God controls this world. Now it's been said that the devil is in charge of this world down here. But if we go back to Job chapter 1, we find out that the devil has to even go to God to ask what he can do to people. He just can't come and do it. He's got to have permission. He's got to go and have an audience with God. Okay? You know, that's awesome. And sometimes God, like I said, uses it to teach us a lesson, uses us to get back on track, or uses it to show the devil that his man, this man Job is not going to turn from me. Now, Job didn't turn from him. He just made a mistake and said that he, he's got a wiser wisdom than God. And when we get through all these, I'm going to say something that to, to that point about all of us. Okay. Now, let's look at verses 12 through 15. 12 through 15, as we got 29 minutes left of this broadcast. Okay. You did not decide, verse 12, you did not decide when the morning should, would appear. But the sun, but the sun rises on the horizon. Morning comes so that the darkness will not always last. And morning comes to the activities of evil men will end. The light slowly increases of the world and slowly appears. 
This event is like a platform that you slowly sew into your clothing or like a design that you press into wet clay. You use clay to make pots and as the light appears, evil man cannot see anything and the cruel power ends. So basically what he's saying here, now we learn he created everything, he controls everything God does, but now he's talking about he decides, decided how our days should be. He gave us the morning to get up to do our chores or our stuff that we got to do, and he gave us the night to rest. Now, some people work midnight, some people work afternoons, but it's the same premise. It's just some people sleep during the day and work at night. But he's saying here he has a method to the chaos. He has a method to why he do it. He has boundaries. Okay? And God's in control of all that. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's look at verses 16 through 20. And it says, You did not visit the deepest part of the sea. You have not seen hell. You do not know where dead men belong. You do not even know the measurement of the earth. The earth is vast. Tell me if you know these things. And Joe Pye would have to say, I know I don't. Verse 19, you do not know whether the light belongs and if you do not know whether the darkness is hidden, hides. You cannot take me to those places. You can't even tell me the route. But you ought to know this. You think that you are so wise, but you are not old enough to know such things. Now God's being facetious with him here. He says, I've been... You don't know where hell is. You don't know the measurements of the earth. You don't know how big it is. You don't know where the light belongs. You don't know where the darkness hides when it goes down. You can't take me to such places. You don't even know the route. Why? One, because... You're not wise enough, but you're not old enough to know such things. Kind of an interesting situation here. You know, he's kind of being facetious. He's being hard on him. And, you know, in respect for that one little thing of saying that, God has a right to be upset with him. Okay? Now, Look at verses 22 to 30. 22 to 30. It says, You have not seen whether I where I store the snow. You have not seen where I store the hell. But the snow and the hell are ready for the day when there is a great trouble. I will use snow and hell when there is battles. I will use snow and hell where there are wars. Snow 
show me the place where I prepare the lightning, or show me the place where I, where the east and the winds begins. You do not you do not decide the places where the waters flood. You are not decide the places where the waters storm goes. But I send it to the places where nobody lives. I send it to dry places so that the grass will grow there. Rain is not like a child that has a father, and ice is, has no mother. I cause the water to freeze when the water become ice. As hard as the rock, this is my work. Still trying to beat up on Job. He says, you don't know where I make the ice. You don't know where I make the water. You don't know where I make the lightning. And you don't know why I allow things to go where they go. He goes because he created the earth. Okay. But he also said some of this stuff is for war. All right. God begins, we just want to discuss that. God begins to discuss a new subject in these verses. The subject is war. Job was not sure that God would ever act as a judge. Job 24, verse 1. But later, Job remembered that every evil person will die in Job 24, 18 to 24. An evil person cannot continue to cause trouble in, after his death. So his death is like God's judgment. And the evil man's death is to effect. The evil man suffers the punishment that he deserves. And God makes life better for people who are suffering because of that man. Alright. Now, because everyone dies, is it because they're sinning? No. It says an evil man. Sometimes they're dead. For a reason. Sorry for that um, noise that came up there. Um, I forgot to turn the alarm off on my phone. Sorry about that. Now, in the Bible, God uses war in these wars. God did not belong to one side or the other. Joshua 5, 13-14. Instead, God carried out his own plan. He was punishing evil people and he was rescuing good people who trust him. Now, we do know some of the battles. If they would follow God's plan, he was for Israel. Okay? I don't know exactly why they wrote that like they did. But Israel had to follow God's plan. And God had a plan for Israel to win at that time. God did many wonderful things to win these battles. In Joshua 10, 13-14, God delayed the end of the, ended the day with the same battle. God caused large hailstones, ice, to fall from the sky. In Joshua 10, 11, these things happened to show that God's people did not win the battle by their own strength. God won the battle. God was punishing evil people. And God was helping his own people. The Bible describes the future day when God will punish evil nations. Joel 3, Joel, J-O-E-L, Joel 3, 2. On that day, there will be a terrible battle. God will use the sky as a he flies to save his people. 
Job 12, verses 30 to 32, and Job 3, not Job 12, Job 2, sorry, and Job 3, 16, afterwards, God's people will not suffer again. Job 3, 17 to 21, today God's people suffer like Job in this evil world. James 5, 10 and 11, but we should we should be patient like patient like Job because God's day will come. James five, seven through nine. Many people doubt this. Second Peter three, three and four. But such people forget that God has already punished the world by a flood. Genesis six, five through eight. The Bible says that God would will punish the world again by fire. Second Peter three, five through seven. Then he would create a new world where he <clears throat> shall not where we shall not suffer. Second Peter three ten and Revelations twenty one one through four. God continued to dis discuss war in chapter thirty nine. Okay? Which will go back to, you know, would be next Tuesday. Now, okay, what happened here? Oh, okay. Verses 24 to 30, that, you know, we just discussed 22 and 23. Now we're going to discuss 24 to 30. God controlled the weather, and he called, uses the weather for his own purpose. He even waters the grass where nobody lives. Verse 27, a man could not choose to water that grass, but God controls the whole world and he looks after all the plants and animals and his people and his creation. Okay, So God is in control. Joel can't do all that. He's not wise enough to do all that. And I think that's God's you know, premise here. God controls the weather. Now, let's look at verses 31 through 33. Hallelujah. And we, and we just got two more bullet points after this one. But the stars are also my work. You cannot move the stars from their per position in the sky. I caused the various stars to appear in the correct season. I arrange their platform patterns in the sky. But do you not know my rules about the sky? Do you not even know the principles that control the earth? Now, verses 31 and 33 are describing this. Ancient people used, used to watch the stars for important reasons. The stars are like calendars because different stars appear in different seasons. And the stars also help travelers to work out the, and correct the directions for their journey. So Job knew the pattern of the stars, but he could not explain how God arranged these patterns. Now, I want to stop there, and I want to talk. You know, we know that the bright star, that when it was under Jesus, was born, was over Jesus, was the North Star. And they say, that's the brightest star. And ship captains and boating captains at night uses the stars to guide them from which directions they are. They know where they are and they're trained 
to look at the stars to teach them the directions they have to go. Because at night, when they first had boats, they didn't have lights. Now we have radars, we have sonars, we can see the radar, the lands, we have retro, you know, you know, stuff is a little bit more easier. But they used it. So God had a plan and the reason for people. And then God taught it. And everything that we have on earth today, everything that he's invented, you know, I'm going a little bit off the subject with the stars, but everything God gave to help us to live and directions of our lives, not just how to direct the ship or direct which way the land to go. You know, God, people even used the sun to tell time before they had clocks. You know, God has a reason where he put everything. We know that the sun comes up and it goes down. We know what directions they come up. Okay. Today we know much more about the stars. Each star is powerful like a sun, and there are millions of stars that cannot even seen. The distance between a star are immersed. The Bible teaches us that God created the stars. People study science and all the discovery many things. They might think that they are very intelligent, but they are merely discovering things that God already done. They are merely describing his work. And like I went back, God's showing the stuff to teach them. Now, but at this point in life, Job didn't know. But God did. But yet, he claimed he was wiser than God. Now, let's look at verses 34 through 38. And it says, you do not direct the clouds. You do not control the rain, and you do not order lightning. Lightning is not res responsible to you, but I give wisdom and intelligence to your mind. I know the number of clouds, and I pour water from the sky when the dry ground becomes lump of mud. Verses 38 through, 34 through 38, Job and his friends have just watched the storm. All the storms impressed them. The lightning was very powerful. The rain changed the solid ground into mud. Job had said that God was like a powerful as a storm. In Job 26 verse 14. But really God is much par more powerful than a storm. In fact, God directs the storm. He tells where the, the, the stuff needs to be watered. <coughs> Where the lightning hits and the thunder. And now let's look at verses 39 through 41 for our last bullet point and last thing on this. I mean, this speech goes longer and longer and longer, but we're going to pick it up next Tuesday. And I believe that there's more bullet points. Yeah, there is. Because he starts going about what he created and all kinds of stuff. But like he is now. 
but we're going to talk. We're talking about, you know, the things he talked about already. It says, God provided food for animals. Verses 39 through 41. You do not send you do not send food for the lions to hunt. The lions wait in the bush or in its home, but I provide its food. Oh, and I provide food for the ravens, birds. When the young birds are hungry, but the ravens wander when it's no has no food, and its young birds cry to God. There are differences between the behaviors of the lion and the raven. Ravens are large birds. Lions are strong animals, but most of the time they rest. They might wait under a bush. It is as if they're waiting for God to provide their food. Ravens are noisy, bir nose, noisy birds. They do not wait for their food to come to them. So they are like poor people. Who wander to search for food. And their noises sound like people who talking to God for help. Job 24, 10-12. But God said he provides for the raven as well as the lion. We may be rich or poor, but he will depend. But we all depend on God to supply our foods. Yes, we do. And God supplies our food by teaching farmers how to grow the food. He supplies our food by growing wild like berries and bananas and coconuts and and grapes and and oranges and lemons and you know some of these things grow wild. And, you know, he, but us people learn how to grow them too. He supplies our food sometimes by someone one opening up a restaurant for someone to go eat that maybe they they don't have no food in their car and they're hungry. In other words, God provides a way to feed the animals and to feed his creation. And there is many different ways God does that. Okay. It might be a way that a homeless person may not have food. But yet he calls you to go down the way to see them. And you decided to help them. Buying some food for them. Now you might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, people take advantage of that now. And we give them food for money and then they go buy booze. That's when you go and you take the money itself and you buy the food for them. And you bring it back to them. Because that way it's used for what it's used for. You know, so far God's making an argument here. And what was his argument so far? He kept telling them, where were you? When I created the world, where were you when I created the sea? Where were you when I created the day and the nights and the boundaries? And he said, I know every place. You don't. I control the weather. I control the stars. 
and how to help people with them. I control the sky, how to help people with them. And I provide food for my creation and the animals. Then next Tuesday, we're going to break it down in chapter 39. He's going to tell us some more things. So I encourage you within this Tuesday and next Tuesday to read chapter 39 of Job. Write some notes down and we'll discuss them. Unfortunately, we can't talk about them like I would like to. But before we close, I wanted to, because my notes got all messed up and I sounded a little bit like a raving idiot at first because my notes got messed up, but I did find my notes. I had someone on my staff here uh, look it up. Now, let's you see. It's Exodus... What did Moses see when he saw the back of God? Okay? Because I wanted to make sure what I said is what I said. Okay? God is presence throughout the events of Exodus. Represents the events of initial presence that underlines the principle that he is always present with his people and that he is faithful to his word and his covenant. After the incident with the golden calf, Israel's future appeared to be in doubt. Moses requested that God shows him his glory. In the more intensive meeting described, the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, as God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abound in steepest love, and faithful in keeping steepest love for thousands, forgetting iniquity and transgression of sins, but who will no means clear be guilty visit the iniquities of the Father on the children of of the children children, the third and fourth generation. Now Sorry, I'm looking for something here. Sorry for the pause. You didn't lose me. Okay, before the Lord passes before Moses, he makes two things very clear. First, no man can behold God, the Lord, and live. 
In other words, they see him, he'll die. And second, he will. Second, his face shall not be seen, only his back. You can, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me, and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand at the rock, and while my glory pass, I will put you in cliff and the rock, and I will cover you. Okay? Now, what scripture is that you're saying? Well, it goes in, it's Exodus 33, 18 through 34, verse 9. And I looked that up so it can tell you what I said. So if they, he, if Moses or saw him face to face, saw his glory, he would die. So he protected Moses. Okay. And that's why I think he was talking through the storm. So Job wouldn't die and, and the three friends. And, and I believe the effect Adam and Eve saw it because God at the time, because they didn't sin. But when God punished them in the cool of the day, you know, maybe God had his back to him. It didn't say. But but I believe they saw them be up to that point because they had no sin in their life. See, we do. And let me tell you something, saints. Even the priests, when they went into the temple, they had to be pure and ask for forgiveness for their sins or God would knock them straight down dead. They, God might have appeared there to the priests for all we know. You know, and but that's why God hid himself in the clouds and behind firing bush and stuff so he wouldn't kill his people. That's you know, that just wanted to make that point from the beginning. And I'm sorry that it started out rough and it's ending a little rough, but I just wanted to make sure you know my staff gave it to me, but I didn't get a chance to read it when I was teaching it, so I was reading it as I was teaching it again. But on that, we, we do have better broadcasts. And if this broadcast has been a blessing to you, I got I only got a couple minutes left, so I got to talk quick. Join us next Tuesday for God's Internet Church podcast. Um, it's usually available in the afternoon by an hour later. But I noticed you guys have been watching at night. Um, also, join us for God's Internet Church. If it's been a blessing, this podcast has been a blessing. Go on Facebook. Look up God's Internet Church. There's a group. Type it into your your search bar on Facebook and uh, look for the group. Join the group. You'll see all the sermons there. We do a we go live too, and you can we're live on Facebook. Um, also, join you know join us for Wednesday nights for God's Internet Church pod. I mean, Bible study, Wednesday night Bible, Friday night Bible study. We're studying the book of Proverbs. We're on chapter 17. And on that note, if this podcast has been a good describing, describe to it and share it with other people so they can be blessed too. And uh, on that note, I'm running out of time. We only got like 20 seconds left. I like to say, God bless you. See you next time for God's Internet Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Ron. I hope you enjoyed today's show and listen and share it with people so they can share too in it. God bless you and have a blessed week.